Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. This podcast is brought to you by Vish, a complete color management system designed by colorists for colorists, helping salons to eliminate waste, ensure consistent color and pricing, track inventory, and maximize profit. To learn more about Vish, simply text in all capitals, get Vish with no space, G-E-T-V-I-S-H, to the number 44222 for more information. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ask the Color Expert. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing my dear friend, Diana Rambo. We have known each other pretty much almost our entire careers. She got started a little bit ahead of me. She is going on 40 years in the industry, which is absolutely amazing. And if you could see her right now, you would see how beautiful and fit she is. So <laughs> oh, she's, she's keeping You're... herself looking young. Um, she has owned her salon for 17 years. And the reason that I wanted to chat with her today is because a few years ago, she made an interesting shift. We had gotten together. We were both commiserating on salon ownership and how lonely it can be being the owner, everything falls on your shoulders. You get, you know, all of the blame and and none of the glory when things are going well. (laughs) It's a team win. When things are going poorly, it's your problem. So we have been, you know, a rock for each other over the years, just, you know, someone to run things by and just share things that nobody could possibly understand, but a fellow salon owner. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and just tell us a little bit about her path. I mean, she got started really young in the industry, which is amazing. I mean, I think this is the kind of industry that, you know, you pretty much know early on when you have that fire and you want to get involved in the industry. So Diana, welcome. Thank you for spending the afternoon chatting with me. I know how busy you are. Oh, thank you so much. Nice to be here. Happy to be here. Nice. So tell us how you got started. What, what was 16 like? Was it during high school? Was it a, it was, a tech yes. program? Yes, it was during high school. I started out, um, but I had a bad experience. It was like, I'm trying to think the name of that place, the, the Roberts on Roberts Avenue. It was like a tech school, but I had a bad experience there. It was like, they stole my kit. They ruined my hair and I was like this is awful it was in a really bad neighborhood but I was determined and I was like you know what I'll I'll do my little bit of time here and then I'll go to a better beauty school so I ended up putting myself in Empire Beauty School and at the time my mom wasn't around so it was my dad raising me and my sisters so he didn't really have a lot of money and I was like I got to get this money for beauty school. So I got a job with a friend of mine who had a salon in Chestnut Hill and she hired me at 16 to shampoo. So I started stocking my money away. And as I was 
I guess I was about 17 or 18 when I started the beauty school. I started fresh because it was a nice school and I made payments and I was shampooing. I was learning the craft. And for about two years, I did that. And then one of my coworkers was moving to California and she was kind of like my little mentor. And like you are today, Elaine, you're my number one mentor. You are. It's the (laughs) truth, but I'll get into that. So she was like, you can have my chair. And I was like, this is amazing. So I guess I was 18. I took the chair and it was kind of like my boss, you know, I just watched her for years, but she really wasn't into going to classes and learning. Like she was old fashioned in that way. So I had to like educate myself and I would go to classes and I would go to New York. You know, she would go too, but she just wanted to get wasted and have Mm. fun, you know, and I really wanted to learn. So I always took classes over the years and I just built myself up. I got a full clientele and I told her like my dream was always to get my own salon. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. I don't think she believed me. Mm -hmm. So an opportunity came up that one of my friends said, you know, there's a salon going for sale. And she's like, you've been saying this for years. And I was there for 19 years working for my boss. Wow. Yeah. And I find she's like, you either shit or get off the pot. And I'm like, she's really calling me out. (laughs) Now's my chance. Like, here it is right in front of me. So I went over there. I talked to the guy and he was getting ready to retire. And we made a deal and I took over. And he already had the name Salon Salon. And I was like, wow, this is such a dumb name, but it's like, you can't forget it. So I said, I think I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. And, you know, that's when it all started. And I worked for many years, 17 years there. I had employees come and go. You know how that is, Elaine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And at one point, I think when I met you through Lisa, Mm right? Right. Yep. And we had those little meetings and stuff and I got to know Elaine really well. And I always looked up to her because she was always striving to do the next thing and, you know, very inspiring. So one time, remember when you made me an offer, like, cause you were moving and you're like, you can buy my furniture and you gave it to me really cheap. And I was, I thought that was the most neatest thing. I'm like, oh my God, she has the best furniture and she's getting <laughs> rid of it. And and we came down to Roxborough and we got it all and we put it in my shop and it looked beautiful. And I just felt really good. And then, um, you know, over the years, I always looked up to you because you were always encouraged to me to do better and to like grow some bowls and you know, <laughs> do all this stuff. And I was like a little bit shy, but Elaine. No, you weren't shy. You were too nice. Too nice. Too nice. You still are You're too right. Nice. You're right. That's why I love you. Yeah, I love you too. And if it wasn't for you, like I wouldn't be as successful as I am because you came in to the salon and you helped me like develop a policy and, you know, like get the 10% thing off the top. Like I never knew about that. And I realized like I was losing money and Elaine showed me like you're, you're losing tons of money here and they're wasting and they're you know, all this stuff that I learned to like shape up. And ever since then, you know, like I built up my confidence. Well, it's unfortunate in in the industry. I think in any industry, kindness 
and niceness is seen as weakness. You know, your staff starts to walk all over you when you're so kind. And that's yeah. really the only issue that you had. You know, you had a beautiful salon, you had a great staff, but you were, you weren't even mom, you were girlfriend. You were yeah. you know, equal peer with your staff. And right. Kind of segues into what we're going to talk about today about your transition to mm -hmm. um, going from being the boss to being in partnership with your staff. Um, right. To your point, you know, we got together and I said, you know, come on, Diana, you need some systems here. You need some rules. You need to have like set schedules. You need to have yep. a set pay structure. You're you're giving away the ranch. You're work. Basically, you were. Um, funding the entire operation. You know, you exactly. were really busy and you were a great hairdresser, but you basically bought yourself a secure job. <laughs> yeah. And and your generating of income paid for everybody else to kind of coast and work whenever they felt like it. So And you didn't um, make much forget. money. You didn't yeah. make much money. And and you taught me that. Yeah. Like you're paying for these people and you're not making anything. Right. You're going to, you were sometimes <laughs> not even getting a paycheck so right. that everybody else could get their paycheck. And I will never forget as long as I live because I thought, you know what, I really overdid it this time. I, <laughs> I a little bit too much tough love when you, you and Sandy and I went to lunch and we're sitting there in a booth at the little pizza place in Concha yep. And I was like, do you, can I be honest with you that like, can I really tell you like it is what I see? And you're like, oh yeah, absolutely. And I was just like, <laughs> you are amazing and so nice and you have no business being their boss. Mm -hmm. And I turned to Sandy and I said, I know right now without you even opening your mouth that you think Diana makes all the money and that mm -hmm. she gets all the perks and all the, you know, fabulous things with owning a business and none of the grief or stress or anything else. And do you really mm -hmm. understand how little money Diana's making? And, and you both <laughs> just kind of looked at me with I know. <laughs> your jaws on the table. And I remember yep. I came home to my husband. I said, oh, I think I really did it this time. I don't know what, how much coffee I had or what was yeah. going on, but I was just <laughs> like letting it rip and just being full on honest, but yeah, and she had no idea, no idea, no and idea. And anybody listening, yes. <laughs> I hope you understand that, you know, salon ownership can look very glorious and glamorous and, glamorous and you know, like on the outside, it looks so easy, but you mm -hmm. can never explain to anyone what the true daily grind is in maintaining even a small salon. You know, mm -hmm. my salon was never more than, I think the most employees I had at the peak of craziness was 15 mm -hmm. employees in a very small space. So we're not mm -hmm. talking about a 50 employee salon, but any salon business, it takes a lot of working, moving parts. And what happens is most salons are started by one busy hairdresser who continues to be the busiest person in the salon. And then in our so-called spare time, we're supposed to manage inventory, do payroll, put money aside yeah. for taxes, meet with the accountant, do you know all the ordering, mm -hmm. all the putting away of everything. So that kind of spurred this other conversation where, you know, your lease was ending in the building that mm -hmm. you were in. So great timing. And I kept mm -hmm. saying, Diana, please do not open another salon. Do not do it. Do not do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I know, but it's, I've been on my own for so long. How can I go back to working for someone? So it's your yeah. turn to, I'll shut up and let you speak oh, to, you know, fine. what, 
what we both kind of came up with as a solution that was a really interesting take on instead of closing shop and just giving up, you were able to move forward in a way that took the pressure off of you and was mm-hmm. a more inclusive opportunity for everyone. And I think yes. it's amazing. And I think more people should consider it, especially, I mean, PA, we're one of the last ones that don't have booth rental. The mm-hmm. suites are starting to come in. So that's kind of shifting things. But um, the opportunity to be able to be self-employed without 100% of the risk, 100% of the headaches, and still have your um, autonomy, your free schedule, all the perks of owning without most of the (laughs) aggravation. So take it away. Right. Okay. So it was time to move on from the place where we were. And I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to do this to myself again? Move into the next you know, situation and it's going to be more money to fix it up and it's going to cost a fortune and it's more stress. And Elaine was saying, you know, why don't you split it up and, you know, do a partnership. And I was like, you know what? At first I was like sick to my stomach about it because of the control. The control. Absolutely. So used to being the boss and like having that last say, even though it's a lot of stress, but it's very difficult to give up the control. But I thought, you know what? I'm getting older now. I don't need this stress. When I go on vacation, everybody's calling me. It's like, oh, I ran out of 10 and you got to get it. Or I need this perm. And it's like, geez, you got to like run to the store. And nobody cares as much as you do. I mean, Mm -hmm. for cleanliness and organization. So I thought, you know, now's my chance. And so we moved into this new building and I said to the girls, you know what? Let's you know, I'm giving you the business. Like we're going to be partners. Like I didn't even charge them any money. Like, cause you can't sell a business anymore. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. So we went into the new place and we split up everything and it's been an amazing transition for them as well as me. Like I feel so much lighter. I don't have the pressure, the stress it's just shared by the three of us instead of one person. So when, you know, we divvy up like the jobs and, you know, everybody gets to do certain things or, you know, like utilities, one deals with one utility, one deals with the other one and going to Costco, like we split all those things up. Nice. But we all have our own little stations and we do whatever we want as far as design and retail products, you know, I don't have to do what they want me to do. Like I can do what I want to do. So it's been great. And I just can't believe that I waited this long to do it because it's just a different life. I'm, you know, I'm so much happier and less stressed, but you know, it's still, still work and I still enjoy it, but I couldn't be happier. What's nice is now when you go on vacation, it's just, oh, Diana's away. She doesn't book an appointment. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. constantly worrying about if a pipe's going to burst, if the electricity (laughs) doesn't go on, if, you know, there's a blackout. Like there's so many things. And how many times does that happen to us? Oh my God. It's always when you go on vacation. It'll be a flood or electric (laughs) running. It's like always something. Always. It's it's great. But. I've, I've looked up to Elaine because like, I always look to you for guidance because you're so advanced in your like thinking ahead or, you know, like making things easier or pushing the limit. Like I'm not like you that way, but I'm learning to get a little bit 
dip my feet in the way you are, like always striving for the next thing, you know? Well, it's like anything. It's always the idea and the fear of what's coming. The mm -hmm. story that we have in our mind of how we think it's going to play out is never what happens, you know? Yeah. It's much worse in our movie making mind of like the tragedy <laughs> that's going to, to happen. And I think really, you know, you know, numbers are not my thing. I'm more mm -hmm. like a motivator and push you to, to do things yes. you're comfortable with. But Donna, we were just chatting um, right before we got on here. My friend Donna that we both know, she is so numbers driven that she can just look at, you know, our numbers for two seconds and be like, you're not making any money. You know what I mean? She doesn't even have to crunch numbers. And I yeah. think when you and I sat down and realized that the control was the mm -hmm. only thing holding you back, it wasn't the income because you're, you have to be making more now. You know, yes. you were, you were holding everybody up with your yep. numbers. So now yep. it's like, you only have to worry about your part of what, whatever the rent and the utilities are. You don't have to worry about whether they have a crappy week paying them out of your pocket the way that you were before. Exactly. Yeah. That's, so when that's you let the just numbers incredible. Speak, I think you can lose some of the fear. And I think most of us, you know, you and I were laughing when we got on trying to figure out how many years you've been a hairdresser and we're both struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I know we do. I'm, we're not mass people. That's because so, we're creative. Exactly. <laughs> so I think if more people really understood their numbers, because here's the flip side, I don't want a new stylist listening to this to say, oh, me and two of my friends that are in a salon that have five clients between us all need to be partners and open a salon. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> no. You guys were established for years. You yeah. were all managing your own book of business all in the same building, mm -hmm. but they were commissioned and you were the owner. And the way that mm -hmm. the commission structure was set up was your prices needed to be increased and your commission was too high. So you were just out of whack with those numbers. Mm -hmm. And just because you're a generous person for no other reason than you knew what you, how you wanted to be treated as mm -hmm. a stylist. And I was the same way when I started my business. Every decision that I made, I said, what would I want as mm -hmm. a stylist? How would I want to be treated? And sometimes that's not good business sense. You know, sometimes you have to right. make it work for the overall business and not for coddling of the <laughs> stylist. So that's where it's hard. And I think, again, this sweet model and this, this whole new regime of, you know, kids in beauty school right now I see on the forums are saying, I can't wait to get done school and open up a suite. And I'm like, oh, honey, you are <laughs> so not ready. We I know. mean, think about it. Need, Think about either one of us, you know, yeah. starting out like that. Like that's way too much pressure to it pay rent. Lot. You know, 0% of zero is still zero. You're going to be at a negative starting out. Right. So it's, and the, it's crazy. And I remember when you said to me, like, think about it. Like how much does it cost to get for a haircut? Like break it all down. And I never looked at it that way. When you started telling me, like it's the electric, it's the shampoo person, it's the advertising, it's the business cards. Like I, you don't even think about all that stuff. By the time that's all said and done, what does it? What do you really get out of that haircut? The forty-six dollars, right. like six bucks. Right. <laughs> you know, so you really do have to figure out what is your worth per hour and all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm still learning and still growing and still 
don't have a lot of nerve to raise my prices because of the customers, you know, complaining as it is. Oh, you went up $2. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, we can't even get a raise. But you have to because every month your other bills go up and the color exactly. goes up and everything, you know, the rent, everything. So you really have to work continually to keep up with this industry education number one i think absolutely and it's crazy how far technology has come but people still base their price menu on calling two salons around them to compare yeah. prices you know they're not saying what's my per square foot cost of doing business they're like oh jenny down the street is 52 dollars, so i'm going to be 50 you know like mm -hmm. if they undercut the number right. by two dollars just so that they think in their mind that that's going to drive traffic to their door. But the longer you're in business and the more you understand supply and demand and, and differentiating yourself from the people around you more so than pricing, you know, give mm -hmm. the client a reason to seek you out, do something different so that they're asking for you on purpose. You know, they're hearing mm -hmm. about you and that you do things differently. Um, yeah. As far as the pricing, when you became partners, did any weirdness happen there? Did they feel like they needed to be your price if you were higher or vice versa? Like, did they kind of take well, that on or did they leave everything the way it was? Well, they did get a little nervous. Like, well, why are you, you know, going up? Because I think they were afraid to go up. And I was like, I'm only going up a couple dollars. It's up to mm -hmm. you guys. It's not really my choice, you know? So I think, the younger one kind of kept hers the same and then Sandy maybe went up, you know, a little bit, but they've yet to really raise, keep raising after three years. So I think I only did it twice with a couple dollars, but it, it's due for an increase. So I think they were nervous that they would lose people and then they're constantly giving away like, Oh, here's, you know, $20 off your next service, or here's $10, mm -hmm. or here's this, here's that, here's that. And then here's a Christmas present with money off. Like, you know, that's when you need the money. When they come back in February and January with their coupons, you know, yeah. you're not making much money and it's slow. But that makes sense. And I and think what's funny about it is they probably look at their end of the year numbers now and realize how awesome they had it with you. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. they get it now that, that they were doing better um, the other way because of the fear. So I hope that you're not measuring your increases by what they're doing. You know, you no. can have a tendency to do that group mentality no. of like, oh, I don't want to, you know, go too much higher than them. Um, not at stay, all. Stay in your lane and, your and lane. do your, yeah, do your increases. Now, what do you typically do for your increases? Um, like I we have usually, a theory on it and I know mm -hmm. everybody has a different, different way of doing it, but what's your, what's your next increase going to look like? Mine are very low because I feel I don't have enough balls to say $5 increase. It's usually like a $2 increase. I know that sounds kind of lame, but people freak well, out that's over not that. Lame. I, think if, I think if you do it in consistent increments based on your supply and demand, mm -hmm. that as long as you do that, that $2, say every six months versus once every three years, then right. it's okay. You know, it just know. depends. If you're, if you're a rip the bandaid off person right. or a rip it hair <laughs> by hair off yeah. of your arm. <laughs> right. I mean, the pain over and over again of the bandaid. I know. I guess that's part of your being like a 
what do you, you know, that stylist, like a six figure stylist, is that like part of that, that you Yeah. Teach? I mean, it's, it's really, everything always comes down to fear, you know, fear mm -hmm. of I'm not enough. I'm going to lose clients. But again, it goes back to the numbers that you and I avoid. Mm -hmm. When you figure out the numbers and you do that bigger jump, a $5 increase, when you, when you add that up over an average week and you see the difference, you can afford to not have two clients coming back and you're working less physically hard. You know, you mm -hmm. and I just talked about our age and our being up in the middle of the night and all the, mm -hmm. all the treasures Stress. of being over 50. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't have the stamina. I mean, you're in much better shape than I am, but I know I feel like a mm. truck ran me over now no. after a full day versus how no, I I've felt been, in my 20s and 30s. <laughs> I've been feeling it actually lately and I'm noticing because I have neck and back issues. I have arthritis. Mm, I right. have yeah. shots in my hands. I mean, you know, it's never ending, but um, I'm just noticing like on Tuesday and Thursday nights, those are my late nights, maybe till like 830 from maybe 10:30 and I'm thinking maybe I should start decreasing cuz it's by the end of the night my legs are starting to really ache right. and my my neck hurts everything hurts so that's so where I'm, the I increase comes in down. because people will say like I'll see on the forums they'll say I'm so busy how do I um get rid of some of my clients. It's too much pressure. I'm so busy. And I'm like, get rid of, Jeez. no. I'm like, just keep increasing your rate until they get <laughs> rid of themselves. They're going to fall off and go to other people, which in That's your right. case, you know, maybe Tanya will pick up a couple of your clients because they're comfortable in the space. They love mm -hmm. you. They want to see you, but they don't mm -hmm. want to come along for your most recent increase. So that's what ends up happening. And then all of a sudden, you're working a normal day, a normal person, you know, eight yeah. hour day or a seven hour day because you've earned the right to do that. So it's kind right. of a, a natural weeding out of all of the pressure of keeping on doing those long days. And then your income either stays the same or if, if you work it even better, it should be mm -hmm. a little bit higher for a lot less work. And that's the goal. And of certainly not giving away all the free, the free brow wax, the free no. conditioning treatment, all the other little things that we tend to do when we're starting out, we need to lose that knee jerk reaction of being so generous with people and, you know, do it maybe if the client says it's their birthday or if it's mm -hmm. their anniversary of coming to you and, you know, once in right. a while is fine. But yeah. just not doing it all the time and feeling like you have to to maintain that client base. Right, because I see them doing that. Oh, I'll throw in the highlights for free, an Olaplex yeah. for free. And I'm thinking, oh my oh God, my I'm God. glad that's yeah. not me. You know, <laughs> exactly. like I, I don't do that kind of stuff. I really don't. Like maybe once in a while, do a little balayage or something, but right. just to introduce them. But I don't, exactly. I don't do that. Because, you know, I learned business, you know, I am getting a little bit better, but I still need a little more push. That's my goal to like raise my prices, like you're saying, and just kind of like slow down a little bit. Well, you know, my tough love um, yes. advice is going to be, Diana, open your computer <laughs> as soon as we hang up. This is how I used to give myself a raise. I literally yeah. would have a day where like I couldn't even move my legs. They hurt so bad. Yeah. And I would have like a client from hell in the chair and I was just so over the day. And I'm like, you know what? When's the last time I raised my prices? And I would literally <laughs> open my laptop and say, 
my highlights are going up six dollars my um touch up is going up three dollars and i go click mm -hmm. click click and literally the next day it was in full effect i did not say a word to anyone oh, not, wow. not even the front desk i didn't tell anyone i just did it and oh i God. literally had zero backlash not one really? person said anything whether they noticed or not they never said anything and wow. you know months later if someone said oh you know i thought your retouch was normally this and it was this yeah. and i say yes it was there was a slight increase and i give them a big smile and they say okay and that's it <laughs> you know how to work it yeah so i you mean it's, when have you ever like i'm going to get tests done on tuesday and i have a brand new health insurance company and i won't even get into the aggravation of making this appointment they've made it so hard that they oh. don't want you to use your insurance so Jeez. i finally get the appointment and i got a voicemail two days later hi this is jan from the blah 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 insurance office just to let you know that when you show up for your test, your copay is going to be $98 and whatever cents. And I'm like, okay, like mm -hmm. it is what it is. You know what I mean? Right. So any other industry, it is what it is. You know, right. I just rented a car on vacation and I signed up for it to be 89 euros for the full week. And I ended up paying 289. Jeez. And I was not happy, but if I wanted the car, that's what yeah. I paid. You know what I mean? Wow. So wow. nobody else apologizes. Nobody else sends a registered letter with a smiley sticker on it. You know, we're no. the only people that feel so bad and so apologetic when we want to make a living, you know, and it's, after all these years, especially you, you're even more years than me. We have to get a little bit angry yeah. you know, and, and feel like we deserve it. I mean, listen to your story. You know, mm -hmm. you paid for your own beauty school. You mm -hmm. went to those hair shows and instead of partying at studio 54 mm -hmm. with all the other 80s hairdressers that never, <laughs> never made it into the javits it I was know. all about going and partying you and i were in there yep. getting bumped into with our little bags of fourteen thousand different brands of hairspray <laughs> we were so excited <laughs> buying everything in sight so i think oh. that that says a lot about you and just the, the industry in general, I think when people are serious and passionate and they seek out that education mm -hmm. and they show up mm -hmm. and they're always ready to, you know, do something differently, do something better, always leveling up their game along the mm -hmm. way. We're lucky to love what we do after 33 and 40 years. I mean, how many businesses, I meet people all the time and they kind of roll their eyes when they tell me what they do for a living and they're, they're like, punching a clock and waiting to retire. I've never felt that way. Even in no. those difficult times mm -hmm. of running a business, I've never felt like I was going through the motions. It was always yeah. interesting people and connecting, connecting other people, you know, <clears throat> like us all getting together in our little SOS group of yes. That was amazing. I mean, those it connections was. were totally what we all needed at the time. Yes. I wish that it, it had stayed together a little better. It got harder and harder to get everyone together. And now, I mean, we should do it through Zoom now. We can do we it virtually, you know, it's even I better. would love it. Would yeah, because you it. just need that support of like-minded people who are in the trenches with you, you know? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm so proud of you for making that oh. leap and, and forging your own path in, you know, like I said, in Pennsylvania where, mm -hmm. you know, it was either 
go work for someone else, which we both know is almost impossible after mm-hmm. running a salon for that long to be told yes. what to wear and what time to show up. And you can't go on vacation during this, these dates because Susie Q put in for it before you. And oh yeah, I couldn't even imagine doing that now. So I get oh. why that was not an option for you. But, you know, it was awesome that you were able to be creative and come up with this different model and mm-hmm. make it work so well and still oh. be able to maintain your place in the industry. It's awesome. Well, thanks to you and meeting you and like inspiring me every day. You always inspire me. And now I want to hear your transition from giving up your salon oh, to where you terrifying, are. <laughs> absolutely terrifying, but so amazing. You know, we, we were chatting right before we got on. I just was in Ibiza, Spain, visiting my friend Donna and we were helping each other. She needed help with doing some online stuff and I needed help with the financial end of my world because I'm such a numbers avoider. So she jokingly said, why don't you come to Ibiza and we can, you know, be in a beautiful environment and do our work there outside, you know, with a beautiful view. And I was like, okay. So it was very spontaneous and it was amazing. And I was able to bring my daughter with me, but I never thought that as a hairdresser, especially as a salon owner, you know, we talked earlier about the pressure of when you're going on vacation, all the things that go wrong and all the working parts that need to be maintained. And now, as long as I have my laptop, my earbuds and a microphone, I can work from anywhere that I have a Wi-Fi connection and I get to talk to friends like you on this podcast and I get to create videos in my online courses. And it's amazing how well received it has been. I didn't know how it was going to go because as hairdressers, we like to touch hair. We like to get our you know, Mm -hmm. techniques hands-on and be, you know, in person. But I think that everybody is so busy being busy that Mm -hmm. they're, they're avoiding education because they have to miss so much time in the salon. Mm -hmm. So this way, you know, you were just saying you were up from two to 6am. You could have been taking taking the course at 3am and you're not bothering anybody. So that's the beauty of it. It's just on demand. And it's like having me in your bedroom, living room, you know, yeah. wherever you happen to be, as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection. So it's, yeah. it's been really amazing. And, you know, luckily I'm a workaholic because not having a boss or any structure can be really tempting. You know, most yeah. people would be like, oh, nice day. I'm going to the beach where I have to stick to some yeah. sort of schedule to push myself to make sure that I get everything done. So I think that's the biggest learning curve for that is, you know, when am I the most alert and on Mm -hmm. to be able to do a video and when do I feel like washing my hair and looking cute? Yeah. (laughs) Versus being in my pajamas. (laughs) I love your chats. Even the chat about the coffee, you know, that was great. I loved it, but it's amazing because you're consistent. You're very well, that's consistent. important. And it actually really bothers me when, it, you know, you work out and you look amazing. And I've never gotten to that runner's high point of exercise where I actually feel out of sorts when I miss a workout the way my workout mm-hmm. friends are. That's how I feel <laughs> when I miss my coffee chat. I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, I, I just feel like I didn't connect. I didn't, I didn't do what I'm put on this earth to do. And I really miss it. So you'll yeah. see like this last one, I'm, I'm in Ibiza under a hut trying to get Wi-Fi and saying, yeah, I'm here, I'm jumping on. Like I didn't want to miss I saw that. two that in a awesome. row, you know? So I really yeah. do love it. And it's, it's, I've met so many incredible people. And what's amazing about Facebook 
is the connection to other countries. I mean, I have people reaching out asking if my book is available in Spanish, in French, you know, they're finding me on Facebook and they're from all these amazing different countries. And I'm like, I never even thought about the book being (laughs) all in English, you know, like maybe I (laughs) need to go to translate it. So yeah, I mean, there's no, exactly. Yeah. There's no end to what education can bring as far as the flexibility of everything. So I'm excited to just see where it goes. You know, I'm still doing a lot of the in-person shows. There's, there's something magical about being in person and actually making eye contact and seeing the light bulb go off for people. I I do still really love that, but I notice a lot. Um, you know, the premier Philly show was not, they did not have good attendance. The energy was super low. I was really, really disappointed in that. Yeah. So, and they, they're not doing it anymore. I mean, the numbers I'm sure spoke for themselves. Um, but it's a shame because Philly, right. you know, is a great location for people to get to and yeah. it was something different. It was a smaller show, which I like because the mm-hmm. education's easier to get to the actual yes. classrooms. It's not too big. Um, mm-hmm. but as long as they'll keep having me, I'll keep going. And, you know, financially yeah. as an educator, it's, it's not great. You know, it you costs you a living. Money. Yeah. You can't make a living on it, but you get that one person who mm-hmm. writes you a note afterwards and says, I didn't quit because of what you said. And then, oh. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you doing New York this year? No, I'm not. I'm not doing You're New York. Not. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm doing okay. Chicago, which I'm really excited about for the first time. That was a tough one to break into. I've been trying for seven years and I finally got oh, my great. chance to do Chicago. Um, wow. So that's exciting. That's and awesome. Orlando, I'm doing again in June. Um, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all that I know of for this year so far, other than my own stuff. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I always look forward to your little educations. They're so helpful. And so you're so good at what you do. Like you're, you're born to be on this earth to educate because you have a way about you. It's just like you can, people can understand what you're saying. It's not so technical. I mean, other than, you know, your color form relation, that took me a long time to get the math. (laughs) (laughs) That that damn math again. But really, you're you're just incredible, Elaine. I just I'm so blessed to have you in my life as a friend and a mentor. You know, really, it means a lot. Thank you, and I feel the same way. I love having you in my life. I'm so happy that Lisa made that connection all those years yes. ago. It's been yes. a, a really long time and really great to have each other and and have each other's back. So I wish you continued success. And I want you to open up that damn laptop tonight and give yourself that (laughs) raise. I want you to text me in the morning and tell me (laughs) the difference in your day tomorrow than today, as far as your total and how many clients and all that fun stuff. And again, if anybody questions, you just put a big smile smile on and say, yes, there was a slight increase. That's it. And That's you don't it. go into the whole story. You know, we tend to feel like we have to give this whole, well, the hair color went up and my peroxide went up and the rent went up and blah, 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 and nobody really cares. They're just making <laughs> sure that you didn't say the wrong number by accident. And once you're like, no, there was a, there was a slight increase mile and they say oh okay and that's the end of it and then a lot of people will think oh i'm not going to get as big of a tip people tip based on the price so mm-hmm. if the price goes up the tip goes up so take that fear away as well you're going to be it's making just more some of the working less 
some of the long time people that like 30, 35 years, you know, then I feel the guilt, you know, like. Yeah, but think about it. Would you want to switch something after 30, 35 years? Like for me, I would rather pay a couple extra dollars and have someone that knows my hair that well than mm-hmm. even think about moving. Because how many right. times has a client bailed over a $3 increase and then they come back and their hair is so jacked up it takes you three visits to get it back on track? For yeah, not that, not really know? that many. You're right. Yeah. Not, not very few. Yeah. I know. It's just growing the balls, the lady yeah. balls. Get your lady balls. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to end on that note, lady balls. I like yeah, that. So get, go. get your lady balls. Thank you so much for sharing Thank your story. You. I love you, and I hope you're going to come you. in Florida sometime yes. soon. Come spend some time on the beach with me. Yes, thank you so much, Elaine. Right, it was really thank fun. You. Enjoy your Take weekend. Take care. You See too. You. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.